four students are about to learn. Whoever you think I am. Their teacher's terrifying secret. Who is that? My brother. Michael! Critics call Halloween H2O sensational. <laughs> Smart and nonstop scary. Jamie Lee Curtis makes a triumphant return. Finally, a sequel that lives up to the original Halloween H2O. Hello and welcome to Horror Culture Australia, the show that discusses all the masterpieces and trash pieces of genre cinema. I'm Gary. And I'm Chris. And it's time to let the dangertainment begin. God. <laughs> yes, you know what time it is. I mean, first of all, we're, we're back. We're fresh from Grimfest. Another festival we tried out. Fresh from Grimfest. <laughs> I wouldn't say we're fresh from Grimfest. Tired from Grimfest. Tired from Grimfest. Um, which was great. A lot of fun. Yes. Yeah, watch some good films. Watch some... Not so good films. Yeah. But overall, I think a success. Festival, that's a bus away from where we live. We can't complain. Exactly. Can't complain. exactly. We've got to meet uh, one of our listeners, which is really nice. Uh, Everything is retro, Brian. Which yes. is really, really nice to chat to him and his friends in person. It was, actually. It was lovely to meet you. And, of course, um, my friend Lucy as well. It's, it's nice to chat to other horror fans, isn't it? In At festivals and such. Yeah. Yeah, because... So th- there's the internet for these things. Yeah. But when it comes to actual discussion, it's just me and you sometimes. Yeah, exactly. Just talking to each other in these four walls. Yeah. Uh, and instead of giving you a rundown on what we watched, I'm sure you'll hear plenty about that on our, both our original verse remit for this month when we do our best and worst of the month and, of course, our best and worst of the year. Spoiler yeah, alert. That's very true. Some of them have, have made it onto the list. very true. They're both. They're both, though. I mean, unless anything changes between now and then. Mm. That'd be some dramatic changes. Um, but yes, you're not here to hear us talk about Grimfest today. You are here to, you are here to hear us talk about... You're here? Where? Um, in, we, well, we're in people's ears right now. Oh. Oh, that sounds creepy. But we're being watched. We're, you are here to... Oh, for fuck's sake. Either way, we're talking about <laughs> the post-scream duo of Halloween sequels. Yes. Michael Myers for the years, part four. Starting with Halloween H2O, 20 years later. Released in 1998. I can't believe they used 20 years later in the title. That's a little... Did, yeah. I love this film, but that's a bit dumb. Um, H2O. Yeah. H20. How do you type it? H20. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, of course, it's a number, H20. Okay. But H20 it's not the song. Water. <laughs> okay, please tell me you knew it's a chemical. Yeah, of course. Of yeah. course I do. Okay. I don't think that's what they're referring to in the title for this film. Oh, good. Well, I don't know. Either way, it's directed by Steve Miner, previous star of the podcast, um, who directed Friday the 13th, parts two and three, House, Soul Man, uh, Warlock, Lake Placid, and the Day of the Dead remake, and lots more. Yeah, fairly prolific in the horror genre. Yeah, made on a budget of $17 million, and it went on to make $55 million at the box office. Uh, yeah. I assume you have some history with this film? No, not really. Do you not? No. Oh, because I, I think, do. I think I remember... I think I always got it confused with The Faculty. 
I have a history with the faculty, but not H2O. Yeah, all those 90s post-screen posters. With Josh Hartnett. He had the uh, same haircut in both yeah. films. And those posters all became a little similar. Um, I remember this from when I was younger because it was my introduction to Halloween. Like, seeing the uh, cover for this in Blockbuster. Oh, okay. Um, and, and same with Resurrection as well. It was only after Resurrection came out that I, you know... It was after that when I started getting more seriously into films. Um, but I always remember... It's after after Halloween Resurrection. Not after watching it. <laughs> not after watching it. I watched it many years later. That is not the film that got me into films, after, personally. After watching Halloween Resurrection, that was. After its existence. And it, that wasn't what spurred my interest. I'm just saying, timeline-wise, it was after that event. After realising... It was realizing, after watching Resurrection, I, I saw out. If you must know, summer. if you must know, Halloween Resurrection, my first memory, my oldest memory of that is... <laughs> Seen it at Skegness Market where someone was selling it on pirate videotape. Oh, Lord. <laughs> oh, Skegness Market. Gets referenced on this podcast way too many times. Um, but yeah, no, I always remember seeing like the image of Michael Myers looking through the door at Jamie Lee Curtis and that image just being like, burned into my mind and I was really terrified in the mask at that time. Um, which is quite funny looking back now, considering any tension in this film is completely destroyed by that fucking mask. Yeah. It is awful. It's even worse than four. Like, it is... He looks like he's had... He looks like Tim Allen when he has Botox in Christmas of the Cranks. He does. He genuinely looks... He has Botox eyebrows. Yeah, it's true. And then it gets even worse in Resurrection. And Resurrection, I remember... The Sky box office preview would always include the clip where Laurie kisses Michael before he kills her. It's like, <laughs> you're making a big deal out of that fucking scene. Is that not a massive spoiler? Well, it just showed it just showed you her kissing him and that was it. Oh, I see. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I don't really have a history of either of these films. Yeah. It's weird. I'm trying to recollect, but... No, I, I probably remember seeing the DVD or... But the advertising VHS, was everywhere, especially for H2O. Or advertising, yeah, but I, I never felt particularly compelled to watch them, and I don't know why. I mean, it would have been my thing. Yeah, especially, well, H2O especially, maybe not Resurrection. Um, yeah. Getting into the trivia. I mean, yeah, no, before we do, again, as if the, the title of this episode isn't telling you this already, just in case you're not sure what I mean by post-scream... It's a product of Scream. Scream happened, changed the face of horror, as we've told you many times before. And it's, it's kind of ironic because Scream was heavily influenced by Halloween. And Halloween H2O is heavily influenced by Scream. Yes. Yeah. You know, it's, it's that exact hip, cool, uh, meta style that was around in, in those days. And exactly the same screenwriter. Yeah, 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 of yeah. course. Yeah. Um, Jamie Lee Curtis considers this film a thank you note to her fans. Uh, and she said in an interview around the time it was released, without that early career, I truly don't think I would have been an actor. Obviously, I, I think she now considers 2018 to be a bigger thank you. Yeah, I do. I, for some reason, I always felt like H2O was much later in Jamie Lee Curtis's career. Yeah. But it really wasn't. I mean, it's not that far, what, it's six years removed from... True Lies. True Lies, yeah, yeah. which was a big deal. 
Um, my girl, you know, she was still, mm. you know, really a big actress at the time, yeah. you know? So it must have been a really big deal for her to be in the film. Yeah. Uh, Alao Cool J's in this. Uh, his line, comb your hair, was ad-libbed, inspired by Josh Hartnett's messy haircut. Yeah, it really is bad. It really... It's been memed. But it really is. I don't know what he's thinking. <laughs> this is originally supposed to be a sequel to The Curse of Michael Myers. Thank God. Kevin Williamson's original treatment uh, for H2O included a scene in which uh, Halloween 4, Halloween 5 and Curse of Michael Myers are all referenced and acknowledged as being in continuity and canon. The scene was filmed and it involves Sarah, the student at the school where Laurie teaches, uh, and did it in Kerry Tate. Sarah gives a class report on the Haddonfield murders, going into great detail about Jamie Lloyd, Laurie's daughter, from Halloween 4 to 6. Uh, Sarah mentions Jamie losing her parents in a car accident, as was the explanation of no sequels for Laurie's absence. And her report chronicles Jamie being hunted and eventually killed by her uncle. And upon hearing this presentation, uh, Laurie retreats to a restroom and vomits. Williamson's challenge was first to create an explanation for Laurie's death in the previous movies and her subsequent resurrection whilst keeping the fourth, fifth and sixth films in the continuity. He came up with uh, Laurie faking her death and getting into witness protection program with her son. Uh, and the scene was finally emitted from the final cut of the film together with every reference to 4, 5 and 6 when it was decided that those sequels would be ignored and it would directly follow Halloween 2. Uh, even though there was no longer a direct reason for Laurie to have gone into hiding under a fake name, this element of the original plot remains in the finished film. It's true. It doesn't make any sense for her to go into hiding when the whole idea is that he's dead, exploded, mm. you know, 20 years ago. Um, yeah. It also wouldn't have made any sense that she would have gone into hiding with John, but she wouldn't have gone into hiding with Jamie. Like, what, why would she choose between the Exactly, kids? exactly. You know, so... Um, I think it was best overall to just sort of say, 4, 5, 6 don't exist. They're their own entity. I mean, 4, 5 and 6 don't make that much sense overall no, anyway. No, So you're really getting into confusing territory trying to make sense of them. Yeah, yeah, it, it was the best decision to make. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, yeah, keeping the whole uh, going into hiding things still in the film, though, it, that's a little questionable. Um, because, yeah. you know, I mean, if she'd seen him, you know, be shot many, get shot many a times and whatever, and always coming back, like, she literally watched him get shot six times, he got back up, and then he burned. There's no reason to, for her to think that he's this indestructible killer that's going to keep coming back. Yeah. But of course, she's traumatised as well, so that kind of counteracts a bit, um, a fair amount. John Carpenter was originally in negotiations to be the director since Jamie Lee Curtis wanted to reunite the cast and crew of the original. It was believed that Carpenter opted out because he wanted no active part in the sequel, however, it's not the case. He had agreed to direct it, but his starting fee as director was $10 million, and he wanted a free picture deal with Dimension Films. Carpenter rationalised this by saying the hefty fee was compensation for revenue he never received from the original Halloween, a matter that was still a point of contention between Carpenter and Mustafa Ricard. Uh, even after 20 years had passed. When Akkad and Dimension Films, the Weinsteins, boo, um, balked at Carpenter's demands, he walked away from the project. Yeah, and did what goes to Mars? Yes. I think I mentioned that a lot on the podcast. It generally is one of the worst films I've ever watched. <laughs> 
Uh, and I love how John Carpenter, every time that, that someone approached him to do a Halloween film, he's like, well, I didn't make much money from the original, so you should pay me all this money. <laughs> I mean, was he paid 10 million for Ghosts of Mars? <laughs> I, maybe. Hey, come on. Ice Cube was in it. It's a big deal at the time. Um, Pam Greer was in it. I think that was probably the biggest deal for me. Yeah, for you. I mean, for yeah. most audiences in two thousand. This is like two years after Escape from L.A.? Yeah. Yeah. Ooh, he was in no position to be asking for 10 million. <laughs> no position whatsoever. I'm sorry. I love you, John, but... Ugh. Was it two years after Village of the Damned as well? Was it the same two year? Two or three, yeah. 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 Um, before he knew Jamie Lee Curtis was involved, Josh Hartnett wasn't sure he wanted to audition and said, and I quote... Halloween 7, is that going straight to video or is that going straight to Hal? Oh my lord. <laughs> Someone watched The Curse of Michael Myers. <laughs> PJ Souls was originally approached for the role of uh, the secretary. Souls never gave a straight answer as to what she wanted to do. He's sceptical about returning um, as someone completely different than Linda, who was obviously killed off in the original. Uh, she eventually lost the role to Jamie Lee Curtis's mother, Janet Lee, who was approached after not getting an answer from Souls. It's a good trade. Yeah, it's a really good trade, actually. It, it's uh, there's a couple of lovely moments with Jamie yeah. and, and Jamie Lee Curtis in the film. Yeah, and it, and especially now that she's passed as well, it's really... Uh, yeah. It's full of heart. The last it's time amazing. they were on screen together. It was, yeah. Yeah, it's a lovely moment. And, and a great nod to, you know, if they're doing the whole screen thing... Mm. Then of course it's gonna be Janet Lee. Oh yeah, and she gets into the psycho car she after. Did. Yeah, and and the me- the soundtrack. The soundtrack. Yeah. Obviously, we'll get into that. But. The original working title for this film was Halloween Seven: The Revenge of Laurie Strode, a pun on Halloween Five: Revenge of Michael Myers. Nice. I would have enjoyed that. Yeah. I'm not sure how well it would have sold. It's, it's better than that. twenty years later, isn't it? Twenty years later. <laughs> The director decided while into production to go over different masks and certain scenes were reshot. Some scenes with the original mask can still be seen and in one scene it had to be altered with CGI to replace the old mask with the new one and it is glaringly obvious. Very, very. <laughs> Again, something else from this film that has been memed to death. It's, yeah, and it's one of the... I guess the first time in both these films his hair was a mess <laughs> like it's always sort of been like sleeked back you know the, the face has yeah. been fucked up but the hair's always kind of been sleeked back you know yeah. different lengths but sleeked back that's how the mask is and then this one looks like he's been shanked <laughs> through a hedge backwards it's ridiculous during a 2018 interview with Variety Jamie Lee Curtis said H2O started out with the best intentions but it ended up being a money gig the film had some good things in it. It talked about alcoholism and trauma, um, but in the end, she just did it for a paycheck. Yeah, it's yeah. We'll get into that because it's quite an interesting aspect. She's also said that in her eyes, the film starts at an hour and nine minutes in when Laurie sends the kids for help, but stays behind to face off against Michael. <laughs> I mean, it's it's, it's, true. it's the best sequence. Um, Jamie Lee Curtis recalls Josh Hartnett being someone who wanted to be an actor but didn't want the trappings of stardom. He would wear a knit beanie on set at all times, remove it to film a scene and then immediately return it to his head as a way of retaining his personality. She said, I respected him for it. It was annoying, but I respected him for it. 
And of how honest she is in uh, interviews. <laughs> Josh Hartner, victim of stardom, what do you think? Um, I loved Josh Hartner when I was younger. Um, he's struggling now, isn't he? He hasn't done anything for all. I've known for the a last, while. I saw him in 30 Days of Night in a lead role. I think that's the last lead role I've seen him in. That yeah, was mid-2000s. He was, I think he kind of got his wish... Yeah. But unfortunately, I don't think it worked out for him that way. No. Where he was never one of these massive stars. I don't think he could shake the teen idol thing. Was he in Gosford Park or was that Ryan? That was Ryan Felipe, weren't it? Well, um, were they both in it? They were both in it. Oh, okay. They were both in. Um, yeah, what did I... I remember Josh Hunter. He was in a film where he wasn't allowed to have sex for 40 days. Oh, 40 days and 40 nights. 40 days and 40 oh, for nights. Sake, yes. I do remember. The height of his career. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Uh, lucky number 11. What was his last big one? Where, would it have been 40 days a night? Uh, potentially. He might have gone into TV. Um, yeah, pro- probably 30 days of night. Yeah. Um, he looks like he's done some TV work. Yeah. It won't be long until he has his big Brendan Fraser moment and uh, Martin Scorsese casts him as something. Potentially. Potentially. I always liked him. I thought he was alright. Yeah? I thought he was uh, quite attractive. Even with that hair? Even, even with that hair. Jesus. Oh, the Virgin Suicides. That was the that was when I I I loved the Virgin Suicides. Mm-hmm. Loved that film. That was the one where I was like, yeah, Josh Hartnett. Jamie Lee Curtis originally wanted Laurie's life to be in a shambles at the start of the film. Life. Was, uh, what? Did you say life or life? life. No, I said life. Executive producer Kevin Williamson convinced her that Laurie should have more to lose. Uh, of course, this would be this idea would be done in twenty eighteen, and the more you go through the trivia for these films, the more you realize how much control Jamie Lee Curtis had over the these later Halloween twenty eighteen Halloween kills and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, the original treatment for H two O by Kevin Williamson was much more sparse on character detail and had a radically different ending. In the place of Nancy Stevens' character of Marion uh, returning in the trademark Williamson opener. Okay. A new character was originally to be created called Rachel Loomis, Dr. Sam Loomis's daughter. Yeah. She would have she would have the computer files on Laurie Strode on her home computer. Rachel will come home to discover her computer on and would swiftly be killed by Michael Myers. Uh, and in the climax of the treatment, there is a massive helicopter and bush chase sequence culminated in the downed helicopter spinning out of control and decapitating Michael Myers with its out-of-control rotor. Um... Of course, like Dawn of the Dead. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah. My, and I'll probably I'll say it, you know, further, but um, my big thing about H2O is I kind of wish it would was more like Scream, but more directed at the Halloween films. Yeah. I wish it was more sort of in-jokes about, you don't have to say that 4, 5, and 6 exists. Yeah. But have, poke a little fun. Yeah, you know, if you're gonna, does. If you're going to be meta, be properly meta about it. Yeah. 
Um, I found it was meta, but actually towards other films. Yeah. Not yeah. quite Halloween, which I wish it was Scream for just Halloween. Yeah. Which is pretty much what 2018 does with the silver shamrock masks. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, exactly. the old lady from Halloween 2, that sort yeah. of thing. Yeah, yeah, that kind of in reference is kind of what you want from a meta slasher yeah. film, you know? Contrary to popular belief, Kevin Williamson was in fact not the original writer of this film. Originally, it was Robert Zapier, uh, who was hired to pen Halloween, Two Faces of Evil. Duh. Which was planned to go direct to video after the modest box office performance of The Curse of Michael Myers. Zapier's uh, original script was set in a fenced-in boarding school, as does the finished film. However, when Jamie Lee Curtis expressed interest in returning to the series, they were like, yeah, there's no way this is going straight to video. Fuck off. We're getting Kevin Williamson on board. He yeah. has just made a lot of money. Yeah. <laughs> With uh, Scream, Scream 2. That's, that's I know we did have some... Uh... Yeah, yeah. And you can tell it was probably a, a passion project for him as uh-huh. well. You know, you can tell that he loved the original Halloween, so he was yeah. probably on board, like... At the drop of a hat. It, it was very much, um, yeah, it was very much the Weinstein's one in from the creator of Scream on the poster mm-hmm. as well. Um, they offered Zapier more money to share the writing credit, but uh, Zapier declined, so the studio made Williamson an executive producer on the finished film as well. Uh, an early draft of the script revealed Charlie rather than Michael as the killer. Uh, besides being a copycat shape, Charlie would have turned out to be the offspring of a nurse raped by Michael at the sanitarium. Said draft was titled Halloween, the son of Michael Myers, but the title and twists were eliminated in rewipes. Thankfully. How very Scream 3. Oh, like, again, what's this Michael Myers raping people stuff? Where's this come from? Yeah. Like, um, but the thing is, I mean, you know, this whole, even Mustafa Akkad said, um, originally the killer was going to be a copycat killer uh, and that would help explain the next film uh, when, you know, the the paramedic thing happens. Um, which they changed, obviously, for the paramedic thing. Now, the scenes in this film where it kind of makes it look like Laurie's boyfriend's going to be the killer. Yeah. And, and it, you know, in, um, in 1998, it wouldn't have been... It wouldn't have been far fetched no. for a film to go with a plot like that. Is it necessary though? You, you, no, of course it, it's not. very. Well, it's, it's not quite Roy from Friday the Thirteenth Part Five, but it's it's very scream. Yeah, it's very scream, and it's it's not necessary. No, this is a this is a Halloween film. This is Michael Myers. Michael Myers murders people in Halloween. You would never have it in a Nightmare on Elm Street. Mm-hmm. Ever. At, at one time, there was a plan for Michael Myers to speak a single line of dialogue at the end of the movie. He was to have said Laurie before being decapitated. Oh, God. <laughs> um, apparently, there was lots of tension between Kevin Williamson uh, and the Weinsteins and Mustafa Hercard uh, and, and the whole twist at the end of the film. And obviously... Michael Myers dying and uh, the decapitation. But uh, apparently it was the Weinsteins who suggested uh, that Laurie Strode decapitates him. Which surprises me because why the fuck would you want to eliminate 
the chance to make more money, especially when you're, you know, terrible people like the Weinsteins who just have pound dollar signs in their eyes at all times and absolutely nothing else. Yeah, it is weird that they would go with the decapitation. It's a it's a great cinematic moment actually, but um, a weird choice if if they knew they wanted a sequel. Mm. But then you know, it got further complicated because Mustafa Ricard, uh, his contract says that Michael Myers can never die. Oh. Um. It's it's not you know it, it's never gonna happen, uh, as a way to produce more sequels. Um, so, you know, he obviously had the, the whole money idea in, in place. Uh, but Jamie Lee Curtis was firm on needing Laurie to believe she had killed Michael as she admitted that trying these two dis, um, these two different strands, um, tying these two different strands together um, took some work. Yeah. And Body Count 7. Is it? Oh. It is. I suppose you get three within the first... Uh-huh. Yeah. No dogs. No dogs. It's a first. That's nice. That's good. <laughs> pleased. Laurie Strode, now the dean of a Northern California private school with an assumed name, uh, must battle the shape one last time as the life of her own son hangs in the balance. <gasps> we start with Mr. Sandman. We do. Just like Halloween 2. Uh, it's October 29th, 1998. And Michael Myers... As burgled Dr. Sam Loomis's retirement home in Langdon, Illinois. He's moved out of Haddonfield. He's finally moved out. Yeah, he's moved down the street to Langdon. But he's still obsessed with Michael Myers. <laughs> what I don't get is... <laughs> so, Loomis's former colleague, Marion Chambers, obviously played by Nancy Stevens from the original, um, who took care of Dr. Loomis uh, until he died. Now, this follows Halloween 2. Donald Pleasance is already dead by the time they filmed this. Mm-hmm. Leave him fucking dead at the end of Halloween too. Yeah. Like, <laughs> that whole thing with Halloween 4 was a massive problem. The fact that they made out he survived that explosion. Yeah. The whole idea also is that Michael Myers has been in hiding for 20 years. Yeah. So, somebody just hasn't been doing much for 20 no, years. No, no matter what timeline we get, Dr. Loomis has such a boring fucking life. Yeah. Where he just spends all his time obsessed with Michael Myers. Exactly. Um, but Mike, um, Marion uh, arrives and discovers that the file on Laurie Strode, who was presumed dead in a car accident, is missing. Um, so she speaks Why to him. Why has she got the file Because on she was Strode. looking after Dr. Loomis and he's obsessed. Oh, so she's not really meant to have the file. No, no. It's, uh, it's very much Loomis has the file. I see. So, um, she goes to speak to her neighbours to uh, check out the house for her. Uh, her teenage neighbour, Jimmy, played by a very young Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Yeah, this must have been really early in his career. Uh-huh. I, think, I think probably whilst he was still on um, third... Oh, my God. Third, third Rock from the Sun. Yeah. I love that show as well. I don't know why I struggle with that. Um, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, an example of... Uh, a actor who is now a very big deal, starting out in horror, but in a good horror film, not like Paul Rudd. No, that is true, <laughs> actually. Well, you got a few here, haven't you? I suppose, yeah. Yeah? Yeah, it's yeah. true. Um, <laughs> Tony, his friend, um, played by someone, I can't, 
I'm, he's not Joseph Gordon-Levitt, basically. No, he's not. Um, he says to Marion, Has anyone, hasn't anyone told you second-hand smoke kills? And she's like, yeah, but they're all dead. <gasps> Marion is constantly smoking, you know, that was her trope in the first film. It's great to see. Um, she's kind of, like, acting like she's had enough. Yeah. Like, she's just had <laughs> enough of life. It's actually quite a relief when she gets killed, because I think, I think she's happier that way. She's just she's just having a terrible time. She don't put any Halloween decorations out. No. <laughs> you know, she's just hating her life. And also, if Dr. Loomis has died by this point, why has she kept all this shit in her house anyway? Exactly. <laughs> well, really, that's when she burns it. <laughs> so she doesn't get <laughs> brought up in court. Yeah, so Jimmy goes to investigate and trashes her house. Um, and he's, her cat hears and... He just starts smashing shit up. Yeah, so he's... Yeah, he mistakes the sound for an intruder and smashes her kitchen up. But the office has already been messed up. Yeah, he steals her beer in the process um, whilst Tony's waiting outside with Marion. After this, Michael murders Marion. Uh, he slits her throat after she bashes him with a fire poker. She puts up a, a decent fight. She's, do you know what? Considering she's got a face like a slapped ass. <laughs> She really put up a good fight. And uh, he also murders Jimmy and Tony, yeah. who um, Marion finds. Jimmy, with an off-screen ice skate to the face. Yeah, I know. Shocking. Uh, and Tony with a knife to the back. There's, I mean, this is obviously why jo- Joseph Gordon-Levitt went on to have such a big career. Uh, he had the more memorable death. He did. Yeah, he did, actually. It is probably the one that gets mentioned the most, is ice skate to the face. And, uh, yeah, you never even actually see it happen. No. Um, Michael Myers leaves the house with Laurie's file. Uh, we're introduced to his new mask, his, his fancy Botox mask and messy hair. Uh, and then Who's some... to read? I, I know, yeah. <laughs> the cops come in the next day and, the, you know, they're giving us all the exposition we need about Dr. Loomis and who Marion was looking after or whatever, just so everyone needed to know. It, yeah, it makes life easier for the uh, the the young people who uh, are watching because of Scream rather than because of the original yeah. film. And after looking at a room full of newspaper clippings about Michael Myers and, you know, it's clear that he is back and has done these murders and whatever, The one of the cops goes... Michael Myers, yeah, right. Oh my god, what is wrong with you people in fucking Illinois? Like, it is all the time, every fucking time. Like, oh, Michael Myers, fuck off, no way. Yes, it it clearly is. Yeah. Look whose file's missing, seriously. The file's missing, so was the body 20 years ago. (laughs) He's out there somewhere doing something for all this time. We get the opening credits with the main theme and Loomis uh, doing a voiceover or an impression of Donald Pleasant. It's not a good one. I'm, no. I will say that. It's not a, it actually sounds more like Malcolm McDowell than it does Donald Pleasant. <laughs> but he does the whole, the, the exact speech that he gives Sheriff Brackett in the original. Like, did you use the original dialogue? Did they not have the rights? But they show clips of the original in this film. Yeah, that's true. So they must have. Um, and we get to see some newspaper clippings of crime scene photos, uh, all within Loomis's Michael Myers stand room. Stand room. <laughs> his, uh, what's it called? Little shrine. Yeah. Uh, in Summer Glen, California, Laurie 
having faked a death to avoid Michael, lives under an assumed name, Kerry Tate. Yeah, there's a, <laughs> there's a scene, like an establishing of the school. A shot, not a scene. A shot. And so it's her desk. Um, but the headmistress, Kerry Tate, is facing towards her seat yeah. rather than towards the classroom. <laughs> she kind of annoyed me. <laughs> I know we're picking at straws here, but like, surely she knows her own name. She, 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 because she's under witness protection, she has to be constantly reminded. Like, oh, you're Kerry Tate, your headmistress. Okay. Okay, I'll remind, <laughs> just a reminder. Um, yeah, she now has a career as the headmistress of Hillcrest Academy. Yeah, she's doing really well for herself. Private boarding school. She's in a relationships, uh, relationships, relationship, just one, uh, with Hillcrest guidance counsellor Will Brennan. Uh, however, Laurie is far from happy as the tragic events from 1978 still haunt her and she lives in fear that her brother may return for her. And we know this because the first time we see Laurie, she wakes up screaming uh, after a flashback nightmare to the closet scene in the first film. And her son, John, and his awful hair wakes her up. Yes. So I've got that written down as well. <laughs> Him and his awful hair wake her up. Um, She's wearing a tank top. Old Jamie yes. Curtis. She loves wearing a tank top. She does. When she's scared that Michael Myers is going to get her after many years. And this is the one where she has her iconic short hair. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah, look, I like her hair in this. Famously reused in the poster for Halloween Resurrection, even though she's wearing a wig in Halloween Resurrection. <laughs> um, yeah, so in the same way 2018's focus is Laurie Strode suffering from trauma and, you know, PTSD and whatnot, it's here, but from a different angle. And yeah. doesn't it, it's a big focus of the film... But I wouldn't say it's, like, to the lengths of 2018 where everything is about Laura Strode. It's her film. Yeah, it's glazed over a little bit. Yeah. To make room for slasher tropes. But it's dealt with fairly well. Um, you know, it's it's still more serious than your standard slasher film with those scenes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah? Yeah. I think you'd have more to say about it. No. I've got I've got a little more to say later. Okay. So Laurie and John discuss the upcoming school trip. Laurie won't let him go because it's Halloween. Uh, and he says his dad would let him go, but we find out his dad's a method who sends birthday cards too late. Yeah. Gary, I don't think we say method. That's what he's that's what he that's what she says. Oh, is that, is that what she says? No, she says he's on meth. Oh. Um, yeah. So she's actually done really well for herself, considering um, she was a, probably a single parent for the last 17 years. Yeah. Yeah? She's yeah. done really well. Um, she watches John through the window and sees Michael's reflection behind her. Yeah, I'm not a huge fan of these sort of um, scares, where it's like blatantly doesn't look anything like what she thinks it looks like. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it happens a lot in Resurrection. <laughs> One key scene. But, yeah. Um, it tends to do this a lot, where she mistakes something that isn't... that really isn't Michael Myers for Michael Myers. In Resurrection? Jamie Lee Curtis? No, 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 she didn't do that in Resurrection. 
You just said she doesn't Others do it. Oh, okay. Um, While a woman and her daughter are at a rest stop toilet, Michael steals their car. (laughs) Now, was this referenced in 2018? It was. It was. It's a weird one, isn't it? How long has he been hanging out at that public toilet for? I know, yeah. Just He's out in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> He's clearly been hanging out in the gents. Yeah. Um, and the, the, the girl and the, the woman have to use the gents' toilets because the ladies are locked. Well, his car's outside. Yeah. So was he just sitting in a car waiting and they didn't see it? <laughs> yeah, so maybe. Why didn't they just go outside? <laughs> but yeah, it, it's... Uh... It's a, an intense scene. Um, it is, yeah. No, no kids are murdered. Yeah. Uh, at Laura's school, she tells the students to have no fun on their school trip. She ignores Norma, played by her mother Janet Lee, um, as she tries to speak to her and has a cheeky snog behind closed doors with her boyfriend Will. She does. Security guard Ronnie Jones, played by Al Cool J, reads the erotic novel he's writing to his girlfriend over the phone. She thinks it's stupid. One thing I do love, actually, is the, the fact that Janet Lee's called Norma <laughs> in, this, yeah. uh, in yeah. this film. That is funny. Um, John and his classmate, Charlie Devereux, uh, related to Blanche. Blanche from, Devereux. Uh, Devereux. Devereux. From uh, Golden Girls. Uh, skip school to buy booze, only to be caught by Laurie while she's having an emotional lunchtime wine break with Will. Yes. Um, where she nearly provides him with exposition about the first two films after seeing the Michael Myers reflection again. Did somebody order some acting? I know, yeah. <laughs> this is uh, this is Jamie Lee Curtis uh, actually being able to do a little bit of acting in this film. Yeah. Um, yeah, she goes for it. She... Uh... She talks about trauma mm-hmm. and dealing with trauma. Yeah. She has a sneaky glass of Chardonnay. Yeah. Um, whilst, what, a Will? Will? Yeah. Yeah. Ooh, oh, quite good, actually. Uh, whilst Will is um, preoccupied. And, yeah, yeah, very good, very good. This is, this touches on what 2018 deals with. Yeah. Uh, which is why I prefer 2018 yeah. to H2O, spoiler alert. Um, because this is a really interesting aspect of the story mm-hmm. that, like I said, is glossed over. Yeah. You didn't... We didn't have to have a body count of seven. No. We could have had a body count of three or four. Yeah. Um, and dealt with this side of it a little more. I think uh-huh. that would have been great. Yeah. Unfortunately, that's not dealt with. No. Um, John and Laurie have an argument in the street about how John shouldn't be going anywhere and supervised on Halloween. And John tells her, Michael Myers is dead and never coming back. They get in the car. Laurie switches the radio on with Mr. Sandman playing. And Michael follows them home. Yes. Uh, John's girlfriend, Molly Cartwell, isn't paying attention in school. Notices Michael watching it from the window. Answers the question perfectly. And ends her sentence with fate. Sounds familiar, doesn't it? She does. She's, uh, they're talking about what Laurie pronounces as Frankenstein, <laughs> uh, which I find a little strange, but maybe that's the real pronunciation. Um, Michelle Williams props to her very, very 90s eyebrows. Yes. Like, they are plucked within a... <laughs> 
They're plucked more than... Yeah, want to look after her eyebrows. Calm down. Yeah, but it's just... I'm reminiscing about the late 90s and those (laughs) eyebrows. They are... Yeah. Well, like you said, even Michael's got them, so... Even Michael's got (laughs) them. That's why I can't stop laughing. (laughs) She had to try and outdo him, didn't she? Michael has got them as well. (laughs) They're plucked within an inch of their life. There we go. (laughs) Um, yeah, I mean, it's a really cute scene. I like the little throwback to the original. Was it necessary to do it with Michelle Williams? No, because she does absolutely fuck off. No, it's like, oh, okay, is she going to be our new Laurie Strip? Well, no, she's not. No, not, not really. No. <laughs> uh, I mean, even John, like, he's her, her son, and even he's not close to being the new Laurie Strip. No, no. Like, why, why do you need it when you've got the actual thing? Yeah, there's so many avenues that aren't really dealt with. <laughs> Laurie gives John a permission slip to go on a school trip, which he throws away when she can't see him. Uh, Norma, uh, in, in uh, one of the best scenes in the film, gives Laurie one good scare. Yeah. And says the iconic line, everyone's a Tata, one good scare. Uh, before giving... That's some... an impression of Charles Cypher's ass. I want Paul Lind. Well, actually, no. It was an impression of... It was not an Janet impression Lee of Janet as Lee. ...as Charles Cyphers as Paul Lind. <laughs> it's that is disrespectful to Janet <laughs> Lee. Janet Lee has never sounded like that, ever. <laughs> um, Show some respect. Yes. <laughs> she gives some motherly advice. She does. It's such, it's such a lovely moment it in is. the film. It really is, actually. I wish they had more scenes together. Yeah. I do. I wish this was the the thing is it, it's. I wish it had done two things, um, but chose one and stuck to it. Yeah, either tell Laurie's story, like twenty eighteen, mm-hmm. or do the meta slasher thing, but make it about Halloween. Yeah, you know the original film. The, series, the second one, hell, even the third one. Get yeah. fucking Tom Atkins cameo in there. Uh-huh. Or, you know, all that stuff. Um, or the, the, the Pat Benatar girl from the third one. <laughs> um, I wish it would have done either of those. It, it, it did both. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, this is... So after their little chat, um, Norma goes to a car, and it is the psycho car... Uh, and we get a bit of Psycho soundtrack. We do, I love that. She wishes Laurie a happy Halloween. It, it really is a great touch to the film. And yeah, really, it's a standout scene. Um, the students leave to attend the school trip to Yosemite. Leaving only Laurie, Will. Yeah, Yosemite, Yosemite. Yeah. I don't know how to pronounce it. I'm not even Popular sure. place for school trips on Halloween. I don't know. I always thought it was like a desert or something. Yeah. The Grand Canyon. <laughs> Is that... I don't know. It might be popular. They're all in like uniforms though. Yeah. They're not like in camping gear or no. anything like that. So who knows? Uh, Laurie, Will, Ronnie, John, Molly, Charlie and his girlfriend Sarah Wainthrope are left behind. John, Molly, Charlie and Sarah are having a Halloween party in a school basement. Ronnie is tricked into opening the gates to the school grounds for Michael, who then proceeds to walk in and cut the phone lines. And Laurie sees Will as Michael Myers when he walks up to her. So this is the second time this happens. 
Um, the other time was earlier on before their little date on lunchtime. Um, where it genuinely makes it look like he's going to be the killer. Yeah. Which makes more sense. It makes more sense that she mistakes him for Michael Myers mm. um, rather than... I'll wait until we talk about Resurrection, but it me. Sarah and Molly are watching Scream 2 whilst getting ready. They are. And then they... Do you want to die tonight, Cece? Yeah. And uh, I, thought that, I thought that was a nice little throwback to Nancy watching Evil Dead in uh, Nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah, I suppose that's, so. That's what I was saying. Yeah. Um, and then uh, Will turns up and they make date rape jokes with him. Yeah, yeah, I didn't enjoy that. That hasn't that aged very well. Laurie reveals her true identity to Will whilst they're making out uh, and realising... <laughs> realising that Michael has most likely returned to kill her upon realising that John is the same age she was when the murders from 1978 happened and the same age as Judith when she died. So, you thought the court twist was bullshit. Um, now Michael Myers only kills members of his family when they're 17 years old. Apparently. What a fucking stupid reveal. Yeah, it is a, it is a bit strange. I don't know why this is in the film. She just looks like... Uh, she looks at a birthday card that says yeah. Big 17 on like, it. Like, literally, <gasps> minutes after she said to Will... Yeah, Judith was 17. Oh, oh my God, I was 17. Oh, stop. No. Just no. Well, do you know what? Props to her. She hasn't scared another one away because Will still sticks around. Oh, no, yeah. Even after the big reveal. Uh, It's a miracle that Will has actually heard of the events. He's like, oh, what? Is it Michael Myers? Hang on, no, no, it's Halloween. You're not meant to know this. No one knows that this stuff's happened. Did you also notice how she said, he killed a lot of my friends? (laughs) Two. (laughs) Two. He killed two of your friends. You didn't know anyone else. Uh, Bob. Ben Tramer. Bob. He didn't kill Ben Tramer. She doesn't know that. He's getting a lot of my friends. Two. And a nurse is in a paramedic. <laughs> Michael <laughs> shows up with a CGI mask and murders Charlie off screen and turn, turns off the lights. Um, Sarah's character trope is that she likes to eat a lot. Essentially. And she likes, like quote Shakespeare and talk about renaissance and shit like that. Well, she also said, lights up, Charlie. No sex games until I've eaten. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I'm really confused by what these two kitchen rooms are meant to be. Yeah. Like, what are these? I think... So, the Michelle Williams character was working in one yeah. earlier, washing up. Uh-huh. Um, the whole idea is that she's too poor to go there, so she has to work, <laughs> which is why she... <laughs> Hasn't gone to um, Yosemite or, or wherever. Mm-hmm. Um, she's too poor. Um, so she has to do the washing up in between. <laughs> but there's like a... Um, oh, what would you call it? What's it called? A dumb waiter. Uh-huh. Um, which is, sends food up and down. Um, but surely those kitchens are... Far- why? Number one, why are there two of them? I mean, it's a bit boring school. school. Are they not like... Wait, did she cook for all those people? Must have. And wash up as uh-huh. well. That's crazy. 
Um, Sarah finds... It's, true, it's just confusing. Sarah finds Charlie's body in the dumbwaiter uh, and raises herself up on it before going crashing back down and injuring her leg. Michael puts his foot on her neck and stabs her to death. Yeah, she gets quite a prolonged kill. She does. Actually, considering it means nothing because she... <laughs> we just know she likes to eat. She just likes to eat. <laughs> John and Molly are chased by Michael through the school grounds after finding Sarah's body strung up with a light dangling through her. Yeah, he really took a dislike to her. <laughs> um, Will and Laurie save John and Molly from Michael uh, after an, a great reenactment of the iconic the keys scene. Yeah, she doesn't say the keys. She doesn't say the keys. I wish she had said the keys. But she drops them and Michael grabs them. She does, yeah. Um, and just when we think he's going to get to them... Uh, Will and Laurie save them and Laurie comes face to face for the first time in 20 years with Michael Myers in the iconic shot that was everywhere when this film was released. Which made me feel like the film was set on a boat. Yeah. Because <laughs> uh, it looks like a pole. <laughs> it gives Michael special powers because as soon as he sees Laurie, he starts teleporting. Mm. Now she looks away to get a gun and looks back, he's gone. And then he's teleported to the top floor of the house of of the boarding school he's in the building now he's in one place it's like okay wow so just looking at Jamie Lee Curtis gives you powers like that great apparently Will accidentally shoots Ronnie who'd been patrolling the hallway (laughs) uh, when he mistakes Ronnie's shadow for Michael yeah (laughs) yeah so dumb uh, but Michael gets his revenge because he must have really liked Ronnie, uh, and he kills Will, whilst Will and Laurie are examining the body. Well, how does he kill Will with his painted killer wedgie? Yeah. <laughs> nice sort of throwback to the second film. Um, <laughs> he's really been working out because Will looks like a, a big guy. Yeah. Um, so he must have really been putting some effort into his uh, arm day, because he really lifts the dogs. <laughs> Laurie manages to get John and Molly to safety and realising that she'll never be safe from Michael as long as he's alive, she starts fighting Michael face to face after saying in a really great nod to scream, I want you to drive down the street to the Beckers and get some help. There we go. Because of course in Scream it's uh, the Mackenzie's house as a nod to Halloween so it's nice to see that come full circle. Uh, and then an even more iconic scene, Laurie walks down the driveway with an axe going, Michael! <laughs> God. <laughs> That's what she says. I know, we've got neighbours though. <laughs> Laurie stabs Michael numerous times and pushes him over a balcony uh, for a prolonged scene. And she prepares to stab him again, but Ronnie, who survived the shooting, convinces her to stop. Yeah, so Ronnie is... To blame for Halloween Resurrection. <laughs> because he stops her from finishing him off. Yep. Oh, that's done. Um, <laughs> you know what I mean. Yeah, so it's it's good. Laurie kicks ass. You yep. know, she... There's a definite change in character from the first film. And, and again, I know I keep going back to it. But it's dealt with even better in 2018. Mm-hmm. The authorities arrive at the scene and load Michael into a coroner's van. But Laurie, knowing that Michael is still alive, steals the van to kill him for good. Michael awakens and attacks Laurie, who stops, causing Michael to fly through the windshield. 
Now, remember, guys, this is meant to be a, a random... Spoiler alert, this is meant to be a random paramedic. Mm-hmm. Laurie drives the van into Michael after he does his iconic sit-up move in the middle of the road. And she proceeds to drive off the road down a steep hill. Now, if they want us to believe that this is some random paramedic, why is he acting like Michael Myers? Yeah. Why is he doing all these signature Michael Myers moves? <laughs> moves? <laughs> yeah, like this, this sitting up and staring thing. It's, that's... Yeah, yeah. It's fucking dumb. Laurie... Tum- it's not dumb in this film, because obviously the intent was that's Michael Myers. And yeah. Watch him. Laurie uh, tumbles out, and Michael is pinned between the van and a tree. Michael reaches out to Laurie, and they almost touch hands right before she decapitates him with a fire axe. End of film. Halloween theme song, followed by Creed. What's this life for during the end credits? Yeah, it it's a little tacked on the ending. It, she could have just decapitated him in the school, uh, but what a great it's the, shot it's, at the end. Yeah, it's the big climax, isn't it? Yeah, it's, absolutely. That's her moment. That's it. Michael Myers is dead. Yeah. Or so we thought. Or so we thought. But yeah, I think Halloween H two is a great sequel. It's it's. It's, it's even better when you're not analysing it for the podcast and you just watch this dumb, entertaining fun. Um, with that that lovely 90s post-screen feel, feel to it that would make it great on a marathon with, I know he did last summer, Urban Legends, Scream mm. and you know, mm-hmm. Cherry Falls. It, it's, yeah, it's just got so much nostalgia to it. I mean, obviously I didn't watch it in 1990, but I watched it a lot. You know, when I was younger. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I I enjoyed it, and I mean, let's face it, compared to the other sequels. Oh God, yeah. You know, <laughs> you can take what you can get at this point. <laughs> yeah, I think it's my third favorite Halloween sequel. It's, yeah. Um, yeah, it's not as good as twenty eighteen. Many fans would want you to believe it is. I mean, obviously, everyone's entitled their own opinions, and it is a good film. So you know, fair enough. But it's it's not. It's not like it's 2018. Um, <laughs> oh, poll results, by the way. Oh, You'd be yeah. happy to know Halloween H2O won with 83%, but 17% voted for Halloween Resurrection. Five people. Five people. It's five too many, guys. Come on. <laughs> it's not funny. Don't troll us like this. <laughs> Um, on to our Michael Myers through the years bonus round. Best kill. I The decapitation at the end. Uh-huh. Absolutely. absolutely. The decapitation at the end. Yes. Um, one good scare. I put the keys reenactment because that scene is very intense. Yes. Yeah, all I these agree. films, all the sequels have done that moment, but this one did it the best. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, most likable character is, of course, Laurie. Yeah, I put Laurie, Norma. Yeah, Laurie and Norma together. It was just a lovely moment. Most unlikable character, I just put John. I put John. John's a Fucking whiny bitch. John is a whiny bitch. He really is. And then, you know, we didn't even touch on the characters that much um, whilst discussing the film. There's not much to say. There's not much to say. They're just there as disposable teens in a slasher film. It's true. Uh, John included. Yeah. Yeah, really. He's no Jamie Lloyd. He's just got mummy issues, really. Yeah. That's about it. Yeah. There you go. And that brings us to Halloween Resurrection from 2002. 
Directed by Rick Rosenthal, who we discussed two weeks ago. The director of Halloween 2. Did you direct anything else? He, he direct, yeah, but I said all that on Halloween 2. Oh, yeah. He did. Um, budget, $13 million, and it made $37.6 million at the box office. Ooh. Massively considered as the worst film in the Halloween franchise. Mm-hmm. Not far from it. The, the worst is yet to come. <laughs> Hold your horses. Literally. Oh, God. Your white horse in particular. There we go. We're getting now. Jamie Lee Curtis hated the idea of a sequel as she found that Laurie had a satisfying ending in the previous film. She did. She initially refused to be in this film until she ultimately agreed to do her part only under the condition that she's killed off in the opening of the film so as to make sure that her character Laurie Strode herself wouldn't appear in another sequel. Uh, at the time of the film's initial release, executive producers Malak Akkad and Mustafa Akkad tried to explain it by claiming that Jamie Lee Curtis was so impressed with the screenplay that she wanted a large part in it. She's publicly <laughs> stated this was not the case and she was under contract to do it. Oh my god. <clears throat> really? Yeah. The, yeah, they, they should they, know how outspoken she is. It is it's so true. She's been quoted as saying that this film is a joke. <laughs> um, true. Despite being in the film for only 15 minutes and having 11 lines of dialogue, she gets top villains, part of the cast, so... Get well, yeah, that of course cash. she does. I'm assuming she got paid a pretty penny as well. Yeah, yeah, I yeah, assume so. I assume so. Probably most um, out of anyone. Yeah. John Carpenter stated that the movie made him cringe. Yes. Did, did, did me too. It was first named Halloween the Homecoming, but producers wanted a title that said Michael Myers is alive, so in February 2002, it was renamed Halloween Resurrection. Several new endings were... But he never died. I, I know, yeah. yeah. How can you resurrect him and he never <clears throat> I know, died? I know. The fucking title is just as dumb as the whole film itself. Um, <laughs> several new endings were written during production and the cast was never sure how the film was actually going to end. Four different endings were filmed and the, different, uh, the director wanted the studio to ship a different ending to each theatre, a technique used before during the theatrical release of Clue and later used in Unfriended Dark Web. However, the studio disagreed and the endings now appear on a DVD and Blu-ray. Um... Did you see Unfriended Dark Web? We both watched it in cinema, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Did we get a different ending to other people, then? Yes. Oh. Oh, I never knew that. Mm-hmm. Um, doing it with this, did they think people were going to go and watch it multiple times after watching the, it the first time? No. <laughs> well, surely you'd have to go to a different theatre. Well, yeah, yeah. That, that What they're saying is that a different mm. version is shipped to different theatres. Yeah. Rather than the theatre picks at random which ending it is. Uh-huh. So, that's not fair, is it? No. And and this film really does not deserve something as special as that. No, it doesn't, no. <laughs> Originally, the executives of Miramax wanted to continue the series by creating a whole new story of which had nothing to do with Marco Myers after the last film, uh, similar to Halloween 3. However, poll results conducted throughout fan websites 
proved to the producers that fans wanted Michael Myers to return again. I mean, yeah, did you not learn from when you did Halloween 3 and everyone hated it? Yeah. Completely missing the fact that it's actually a great film because Michael Myers wasn't in it. Yeah. You know, it just would have been the same again. Jamie Lee Curtis appears on the movie, cov- uh, movie cover with uh, short hair on the poster, despite having long hair in the film. If looked at more closely, one can s- easily tell that it's the exact same picture he used for the poster of Halloween H2O. <laughs> God's sake. A sequel titled Halloween Retribution was planned and involved Josh Hartnett reprising his role as John Tate. And Lee Brackett seeking revenge for Laurie and Annie's deaths on Michael Myers. Um, but due to the critical backlash, low box office receipts and death of Mustafa Rakad, executive producer of the Halloween films, they decided to cancel it and go with Rob Zombie's remakes uh, to honour Mustafa's legacy with the first eight movies. This isn't one to go out on. You, no. you should have done the Abbas a tribute. Like, <laughs> yeah. Um... At the beginning of the film, Harold begins. <laughs> Harold's a, a good character, isn't he? Um, begins to recount the victims of the first two films, and he says three teenagers were killed, along with three nurses and a para- and a paramedic. This is completely wrong. <laughs> Four teenagers were killed: Annie, Bob, Linda, and Alice. The girl talking on the phone at the beginning of the second film. Oh, yeah. Four nurses, a paramedic, a security guard, a doctor, and the officer with Dr. Loomis, as well as the truck driver who was found by Dr. Loomis, which is where Michael got his jumpsuit. Yes. Yeah. And but if, and if let's... they're treating it as... No, I'm not going to defend this film. No, no. it's wrong. It's wrong. No, it's, it's fucking lazy writing. It is, yeah. It's just wrong. <clears throat> especially it means Harold is... an. Expert on serial killers. He gets every tiny detail correct. Yeah. Producers considered Danielle Harris, who played Jamie Lloyd in Halloween 4 and 5, for a role in this film, despite her character no longer existing in this branch of continuity. Um, but uh, her character, yeah, her character was also killed off, and she would have been in a new role, which obviously would later go on to happen in the remakes. Kane Hodder was the Michael Myers stunt double in this film. Okay. Uh, Nora, Tyra Banks' death scene was originally on screen. I wish it was on screen. So it, it's. <clears throat> I would have enjoyed watching that because she was an annoying character. <laughs> Publicity stills and behind-the-scenes photos proved that her death scene was filmed. It involved Michael stringing her up with electrical wire and repeatedly stabbing her in the abdomen. Uh, as abdomen. abdomen as she struggled, uh, which explains the pool of blood that Sarah slips on in the garage. Scene was later cut as a suggestion by Brad Lurie, the stuntman who played Michael, as he stated every horror movie has to have a character find the body of someone you didn't know was dead. Oh. No, that's you can do a film without it. It's fine. Yeah, it's like you're asking fine. to be generic. <clears throat> oh, every horror film has to. You want to try something different? Since when does the stuntman make fucking story decisions? Jesus Christ! It's true. Body count ten. Three years after he last terrorized his sister. Michael Myers confronts her again before travelling to Haddonfield to deal with the cast and crew of a reality show which is being broadcast from his own home. Now, I remember the trailers and everything for this made it look like Laurie Strode was in the entire film. Yeah, which is really weird considering the premise. Like, 
she was she going to be part of the internet show? Yeah, the trailer makes it look like she shows up when he's attacking everybody else. Yeah. It's like, come on, <laughs> stop it right now. <clears throat> that would have been a better film than us still. So we open with boring black background with orange font credits uh, and the theme song. Laurie gives a voiceover about going down a tunnel and finding a door with heaven or hell. This is that door. Jesus, this this film gives a terrible rep for uh, psychiatric hospitals. Oh God, I know. You can tell Jamie Lee Curtis's heart really isn't on it. Yeah. Following the murders at Hillcrest Academy, a guilt-ridden and traumatized Laurie Strode has been confined to a psychiatric facility after killing a man whom she had mistaken for a murderous brother, Michael Myers. As two nurses talk about what happened, giving us all the exposition and spilling all the tea we need. Flashbacks reveal that a paramedic had found an unconscious Michael Myers in the school before he suddenly awakened and attacked the paramedic, crushing his larynx uh, so that he could not speak. Yes. Yeah. Um, that definitely happened, didn't it? Definitely. Yeah. Absolutely. Can I, first of all, can I just say I really don't like Jamie Lee with long hair. No. I really don't. And especially it's an ugly wig. Yeah. Especially in this one. I really don't like it. It's... I know I keep saying this, but it's better in 2018. <laughs> um, Even the wig's better in 2018. <laughs> the wig is better in 2018. This is awful. This is this is probably worse than Halloween 2. Yeah. At least Halloween 2 had a bit of volume to it. <laughs> Maybe not too much volume. Yeah, this, this wig looks as sad as everybody watching this Really, film. really. And these, um, these, these nurses are gossiping. And one of them says to the other, don't let on that you know. <laughs> and then they go in and they're chatting away. And how are you? And like, well, she doesn't talk. She hasn't talked for years. <laughs> and like, then what's she going to do if you let on that you know her story? What's she going to do? Shout at you. Um, and then as they're leaving, the, the one that told the other one not to let on, she says, Probably the guilt. <laughs> <laughs> um, are you going against what you just said? Well, um, back to the flashback. Michael swaps his clothes with the unconscious paramedic uh, and leaves the school grounds undetected as Laurie drives off in the ambulance uh, that she believed Michael was in. And we get to see that she actually killed someone with uh, a bit of a beefy moustache. I wouldn't say beefy. Well, it's that's exciting at least. Yes, it's all right. It's all right. But yeah, just some random paramedic, and when she decapitates Michael, he has a female scream. Yeah. <laughs> For some reason. <laughs> like. I wasn't in H two O. The whole idea is that Michael is pure instinct. He's an animal. He's yeah. Evil incarnate. He just goes and goes and goes. <clears throat> and he's, like, doing this trickery. Yeah. Trying to set, you know, people up to it, accidentally kill the... It doesn't make sense to the character of Michael Myers. It's even worse when you watch it back to back with H2O and you see the way he acts during that final scene. Yeah. And you see it is definitely not a random paramedic. The real inconsistencies between the two. On October 31st, 2001, after three years of hiding... Michael reemerges to attempt to murder Laurie again uh, as she's institutionalised at the Grace Anderson Sanitarium. Why do you not just use Smith's Grove? Like, no. seriously. 
Willie, the security guard, finds... But aren't they meant to be in California now? Because she was a teacher in California. I suppose, yeah. Illinois yeah, that's true. Yeah, the previous film wasn't actually set in Illinois. Yeah, but of course it's set in Illinois, because it's yeah. Michael Myers' house. Mm-hmm. Oh, I don't fucking know. Willie, the security guard, finds Harold, a mental patient obsessed with serial killers, wandering around outside with a clown mask as an homage to John Wayne Gacy. Willie takes him inside and Harold tells him all about Gacy. Yeah. Willie and another security guard witness Michael walking down a corridor and assume it's Harold. This, this Harold character. <clears throat> Would we call it problematic nowadays? Yeah, I think so. I do. Um, it's almost played for comic yeah. effect. Um, yeah, it's not particularly PC. And and they're obsessed with saying Willie's name as well. Like the other security guard's like Willie, 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 like Willie, Willie, Willie. How many times have you said Willie? I'm I'm doing a nod to the other security. It's an guard. interesting name. Um. Yeah. The other security guard is is basically just a walking version of Grinder. He's like Willie all the time. Um. He. Uh, yeah. They go to investigate, and they end up getting killed by Michael. He decapitates the other security guard off screen, putting his head in the washing machine. Before slitting Willie's throat. So that's a bit of Willie you get in this film. But the washing machine is a very good washing machine <clears throat> because it isn't until the spin has stopped that the blood <laughs> is on the sheets. So I'm surprised that he will, Willie goes straight to the washing machine yep. to check it out, even though it just looks like clean clothes because there's no, there's no like blood in there. <laughs> I mean, it's a bit like... There's a, like a headless body behind I know, yeah, you didn't you. see that. There's like loads of blood on the floor. Are you not hearing any squelching or anything as you walk? Uh, Michael walks past Harold's room. Harold's talking to himself about Ted Bundy. Uh, puts his Gacy mask back on when he sees Michael. He heads down to Laurie's room where he just walks through a door. He does, yeah. Literally crashes through a door. In Terminator style. Laurie hits him over the head with a lamp and makes him chase her to the roof. Expecting his arrival, she's set up a trap for him. And it works and temporarily incapacitates Michael. Yeah, she asks, what took you so long? <laughs> like, yeah, he's not going to answer you, is he? Like, oh, uh, I don't know, since someone else turned 17? Um... <laughs> Harold, Harold 17. Why, why is it like a... Ra- in, in fairness, though, why is it like a random three years? Like... <laughs> Uh, however, Laurie's fears of killing the wrong person again get the better of her. And uh, when she tries to remove his mask to confirm his identity, Michael stabs and throws her off the rooftop to her death after she gives him a kiss and tells him she'll see him in hell. Yeah, so Laurie Strode, Jamie Lee Curtis, is dead within the yeah. first 15 minutes. Film's over, nothing else to see Wish. here. Um, yeah, we're done. Thank you for listening. Um, I don't think we need to carry on. Michael gives his knife to Harold, who gives us Michael's entire backstory incorrectly. And then we get our title card. A year later, college student Sarah Moyer, Bill Woodlake, played by Kevin from American Pie, Thomas Ian Nichols, Donna Chang, uh, Jen Danzig, Jim Morgan and Rudy Grimes, uh, who is really excited and thinks that they'll be bigger than the Osbournes, win a competition to appear on an internet reality show called Danger Tainment, directed by Freddie Harris, played by Buster Rhymes, and Nora Winston, played by Tyra Banks. 
Yeah, so um, they've all had their photos taken and uh, Nora stands there and she says, I've got the picture of one girl in front of me who will be going through to the next... No, oh, sorry, that's the wrong show. Um, <laughs> I'm a little confused by... It's Haddonfield University. We're introduced to everyone in class. Sarah is the only one who is interested in the class. Yeah. Like, everyone... Yeah, obviously. Not the characters, but everyone. Everyone in the room. Every single <clears throat> person is bored, headphones on, they're having a terrible time. Mm-hmm. I'm confused. I thought that Americans chose to go to college. Yeah. I thought it was something that was important to them, and, you know, it costs a lot of money. So it's, I don't know why everyone is just having a terrible time, as if mm-hmm. they're being forced to... If it was high school, I could understand. But it was just, just a bit weird. It's because she's an early virgin. But, yeah, I suppose. They need you to know that. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, she's a, she's a clever girl. The uh, the idea of the entertainment show is that they'll have to spend the night in Michael's abandoned childhood home uh, in order to figure out what led him to kill. <laughs> Big Brother was around at this point, wasn't it? Uh, it certainly was around at this point. This, this is very much still a product of post-Scream, um, but also a product of reality TV taking off around this time and Big Brother. Also, for me, this is absolutely a product of post-American Pie. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Massively. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah hugely. I mean, there's... Sex jokes, sexual innuendo, mm-hmm. um, you know, uh, sex shaming, not virgin shaming. Yeah. Uh, throughout the whole film, it's yeah, absolutely, and it's it's really jarring because you'd never had any of that in the series before. No. I mean, you'd have a you had a little you know, titillation. Yeah. And some quite mild sex scenes, really. And, and trust me, the, the sex scenes in this boring. But it's all they fucking talk about. Some characters, yeah. it's all they talk about is sex. And it's it's just really jarring because you've never had that before mm-hmm. in the Halloween series. Yeah, it is very much within that early 2000s teen comedy. Yeah. I mean, they even got fucking Ian Thomas, Thomas Ian Nichols, whatever his name is. Exactly. Um, Sarah tells her friend uh, on Yahoo Messenger, Deckard, uh, all about this show, and we learn that he's lied to her about being a graduate student, and he thinks that they're basically dating, when well, they're not. Yeah, he does seem a lot Fucking younger weirdo. than her. Like, how old is he meant, is he meant to be in high school? I don't know, but he, he well, yeah, I suppose so, yeah. It's weird, because, spoiler alert, they never actually meet in person. No. At all. Yeah. In the film. Freddie and Nora interviewed the students about Michael Myers and what makes ordinary people murder people. And Freddie is very impressed when a light smashes and Sarah provides a loud scream. Her scream pisses me off so much. It is so fake. Yeah. She is the worst final girl from any slash film I've ever seen. Awful. It is, um, well, it breaks glass, doesn't it? Her scream. So <coughs> it does, it does. Shuts glass. And and Buster Rhymes is a fucking nightmare in this film. He's a little much. Oh, I hate it's, him so it's, much. It's a lot. Um, she interrupts Freddie whilst he's watching Wai Chung Lee whooping some ass. 
to tell him how she's scared of Madra part of the show, but he talks her into staying. Um, why Chung Lee is not a real actor. No. It is a racial stereotype name because Freddie is obsessed with watching old kung fu films and doing kung fu himself. Yeah. It's iffy. Yeah. And why can't we just have... Just say Jackie Chan. Star? Yeah, or um, Sam, Sammy Hung. Yeah, anyone. Yeah. Anyone. Sarah's buying costumes when she sees Michael Myers in the window watching her and she screams. And one of her friends says, what did you see? The boogeyman or something? No, and this is the, the scene that I'm talking about. What she actually saw is just a woman <laughs> zipping up her daughter's coat. <laughs> Like, yeah. Are you fucking serious? If it was a guy, a tall, broad-shouldered guy, I could understand. And why would she be seeing him anyway? Exactly. Why would he be stalking her? And it, it cuts to it, and it's this woman doing up her daughter's car. Yeah. And awkwardly taking a long time to do it as well, to be fair. <laughs> like, it fucking lingers on that shot. Um, absolutely ridiculous. Awful. That's the one I was talking about. <laughs> While setting up cameras throughout the house in preparation for the show, cameraman Charlie is killed by Michael in the style of Peeping Tom. Yeah. Um, oh, no, I almost said a compliment then. Um, I enjoyed the nod to Peeping Tom. If this film does anything right, and the only reason it doesn't get just a half star in for me is the kills are at least good. Yeah, the kills are pretty decent. Pretty much the only good thing about it, and Jamie mm-hmm. Curtis, of course. Yeah. But the, the thing is... So, before this, uh, Nora is um, talking to the cameraman about the best place to put the cameras for shots. And she says, uh, hey, awesome Wells, pick a placement and move on. <laughs> um, do you think Tyra Banks is a big, magnificent Ambersons fan? Uh, of course. Yeah? Of course. Do you think she was, do you think she uh, ad-libbed that? Yeah, yeah, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> On Halloween night, equipped with head cameras, Sarah, Bill, Donna, Jen, Jim and Rudy enter the house. And uh, Bill, when he gets out of the uh, van, he's like, I've got one word for you, Freddy. Product placement. Okay, you dumb shit. That's two words. <laughs> and he says nothing else. That's it. Yeah. Like Freddy's like, oh, product. product placement, huh? He's like, yeah, product placement. Yeah. Okay, what? What product? What about it? Like, there's so many lines of dialogue in this film that just make no sense and go nowhere. Mm-hmm. And then, before they go in, Freddy says, let the danger tamer begin. And mm. uh, they separate into three groups to search for clues, whilst Deckard uh, watches the live broadcast during a party. Um, in the house, one of the uh, characters Weirdly, says... it's still light outside. Yeah. One of the characters... Says it's not the kind of house you want to put on the market, and Rudy says, "Yeah, but uh, I bet it's one of those big houses that has one of those nice big kitchens." What? The, the whole idea is that Rudy's personality trait is that he's a chef. Yeah, so he goes to the kitchen and realizes the fennel smells fresh. So he knows something. So want to smell some gone off fennel, and then he smells it. It's fresh. <laughs> <laughs> like, okay. 
Jim asks what uh, what time Dana, uh, Donna's legs open, and Rudy finds a key, which he asks if it's for Sarah's chest. There's no chemistry between Rudy and Sarah. Not There's her no, chest. Uh, her chastity belt. Oh, her chastity belt. Oh, okay, shame there we her go. There for we being go. virginal. I thought he said chest. No, chastity um, belt. But yeah, like it's like you said, the sexual dialogue. Where is it all coming from? Yeah. Like, why are you objectifying these women? This has never been a thing in Halloween. No, it's it's really not. If you're either going to have a sex scene, a bit of nudity, or you move on. Yeah. Like, that's, but this is all trying to be American Pie. It's ridiculous. That is, that is what I'm getting from it. It's trying to cross over between um, meta horror and yeah. teen sex comedy. Deckard and his friend Scott are dressed as John Travolta and Samuel R. Jackson for Pulp Fiction. Scott, a white man, even has the afro. Yeah. Thankfully, thank God, they didn't do blackface. No, no. Thankfully, but, yeah, it's... It's inappropriate. Yeah, also, do you know what else is really inappropriate? What? It's really early on in the party, and there's, like, some high-intensity dance music going on. (laughs) <clears throat> Do you know what else is really inappropriate? This entire plot of using a house where someone was brutally murdered as the basis for a reality TV show. Well, at no point is it ever revealed that Laurie Strode has died. No! No one gives a shit. No. If it had been, like, revealed and people was Laurie Strode has died, it probably would have had a backlash. People said, no, that's poor taste. She just died. Yeah. Let's, you know, cancel. Yeah. But no, no no one gave a shit that Laurie Strode died no. in this film. Haddonfield. Tana sells serial killers masks years after yeah. they uh, murdered people in that town and also let people film reality shows in the same way Bill tries to uh, act as he tells Jen what happened to Judith before suggesting that she flashes her boobs to light up a thousand computer screens. Yeah, Thomas Ian Nichols is fucking rough in this film. <laughs> he is really rough. He, he wasn't even that bad in American Pie. I, I, he was the sweet one in American Pie, wasn't yeah, he? Yeah, but that's why it's so weird to see him acting like this. Yeah. Um, but Jen slowly reveals her bra as Michael watches in slow motion. Yeah, but she only half does it. She's like, no, no, no. You're not getting any of this candy. <laughs> Bill goes off exploring on his own when, in actually quite a great scene, Michael pulls him through the bathroom mirror, stabbing him multiple times in the chest before finally in the head. Yes, yeah, it's, it's a pretty cool scene, actually. Like, still listen to us. We're only complimenting tiny parts. Tiny. Please still listen to the okay. podcast. I mean, in comparison... It's, it's a shit film. We, we know it's, it's still a shit film. Donna and Jim discover a wall filled with fake corpses whilst making out. Uh, and realise that the show is all a setup. Oh, yeah, did you not fucking realise that from the get-go? Yes, like, from this moment on, they're all so upset at the idea that it's all a setup. It's fucking weird. So how did you think this is all the real deal? Exactly. But, um, yeah, so they're starting to have sex, aren't they? So she's yeah. got her top off, and this wall collapses, and these fake body parts fall on them, she's screaming, they're fuming, and this, that, and the other, and so, whatever. They find out one of the arms is made in Taiwan, and they're like, oh. 
So it's just bullshit. Meanwhile, Freddy... Did they really think this was? I know, yeah. <laughs> Meanwhile, Freddy enters the house dressed as Michael in order to scare the competitors and is followed by the real Michael, uh, whom he mistakes for Charlie. Michael just stands there and listens to Freddy talking shit at him for a few minutes before he finally just walks away. This scene pisses me off so fucking much. This should have been Freddy's death scene. Yeah. He's been really rude to Michael, Mm -hmm. shouting at him, being, you know, derogatory. Yeah. Michael Myers is this... There's no reason for him to keep Freddy alive. No. At all. He's already killed in the house. Yeah. This should have been his death scene. It's so weird. This, This whole Buster Rhymes comedic thing, I don't understand why Rick Rosenthal who directed a film that he thought was fairly serious for Halloween 2. I don't know why he thought this was a good idea. Yeah. It's... No. It's not a good idea. Donna is exploring when she finds a newspaper clipping with that publicity still of Jamie Lee Curtis and a pumpkin. (laughs) Have we got that photo? No, we need need to get it. Get it up on the wall. Um, As well as a dying cut-up rat. She then runs into Michael, who kills her by impaling her on a gate. Yeah, so whilst all this is going on, um, people at the party are sort of witnessing parts of it, aren't mm-hmm. they? And they all think it's fake and set yeah. up and blah, blah, blah. Um, what I'm confused, because Sarah's angry now that mm-hmm. the whole thing is a setup. Well, yeah, they find Freddy, real. don't they? They yeah, find him yeah. in the Michael Myers costume and he reveals the scheme to them and begs them to cooperate, uh, telling them that they'll all be paid if the show works out. So, my confusion is, so when Sarah had her reservations, she had issues with the fact that she thought it was real. Yeah. Rather than because she didn't want to be broadcast on the internet. Yeah. So, so what so does she, she want? So, she... He talked to... So he thought... She thought that Michael Myers was in this house and going to try and kill them. Yeah, and and that's why they all went in there. What a fucking stupid idea. That makes no sense. Of course it's fucking fake, stupid bastards. Of course it is. What else do they think? They think just nothing was going to happen. Like they were just going to walk... It's not the biggest house in the world. They were just going to walk around an empty house. For a few hours, <laughs> chatting shit. Like, what did, what did they seriously think was going to happen? After Freddy leaves, the trio decides to gather up the rest of their friends and leave. Jen discovers Bill's corpse, and Michael fucking decapitates her in front of Rudy, Sarah and Jim, who soon realise that it isn't Freddy. Yeah, um, I forgot Jen was in the film. To be fair, it was... Uh... It's so fucking ridiculous. Like, just a kitchen knife. Just yeah. He doesn't even try and cut through. Straight through. Just decapitates straight through. her. Yeah. Her head fucking rolls down the rolls stairs. Rolls down the stairs. It really belongs in a better film. It does. Yeah, it does. <laughs> Michael proceeds to kill Jim by crushing his skull. And Rudy, by pinning him to the wall, Bob, Stim, Bob Sims style, after Rudy tells him to try a little less protein in his diet and asks him if he likes sushi, motherfucker. Yeah, I was a bit confused. So he says he needs less protein in his diet so he can control his rage. Yet earlier in the film, he'd made a statement about Hitler being a vegetarian. <laughs> which is, di- you know... So Hitler needed more protein. Yeah. But 
Michael Myers needed less protein. Yeah. Locking herself in a bathroom in a, in a bedroom, uh, Sarah begs uh, for Deckard to help her. As the other party goers realise that all the murders were real, Deckard begins to message Sarah on Michael's locations to help her avoid him, including one where he texts her saying, "Hallway, don't scream." So this dumb bitch screams. She does. Yeah. <laughs> what I found this one is that Freddie thinks that Michael was living underneath the house for 20 yeah. years. Mm-hmm. Um, eating what, I don't know. Because there's only a couple of fresh rats there. Yeah. I mean, I hear the goat great with some fennel. but Fresh fennel. But... Fresh fennel. But I don't, I don't think Michael Myers has been living no. under the house for 20 years. Sarah runs into Freddie just as Michael finds him. And he... Freddy says, in a bizarre series of events, Freddy turns to Michael and says, so you want to be on Dangertainment? Let's see what you've got. And proceeds to do Kung Fu on Michael Myers before he's fucking stabbed. I shit you not. He's doing flips. He's making the noises. It is... Just a fucking disaster to watch. It really is. It is awkward to hear the Mm -hmm. noises. Very stereotypical. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's not... It's cringe as fuck as well. And, then, you know, it is... By now, it's, you know, it's common knowledge that he is the worst thing about this film. Everyone hates him in this film. But it, it really... It's no exaggeration. It, he is fucking dreadful in this film. <laughs> Sarah runs into the tunnels and finds an exit leading to the garage where she discovers Nora's body, killed off screen. Michael again arrives and attacks Sarah, but she attacks him with a chainsaw... And says, you bastard, this is for Jen. This is for all of them. Like, okay, you can't remember every other character's name. She goes for a few names, and in fairness, this is for Jen. This is for Rudy. This is for, um, Will. I only heard Jen. And it's like, this is for everyone. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck's sake. In a bizarre series of events, a still-living Freddy jumps through a window and finds them. And says, trick or treat, motherfucker. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Yeah? It doesn't even stop there. He starts to fight Michael as an electrical fire starts in the garage. After electrocuting Michael's balls... To which Michael sounds like Casper, the fucking friendly ghost. Ooh. He's like, Ooh. <laughs> and Freddy says to him, burn, motherfucker, burn. Hey, Mikey, happy fucking Halloween. After electrocuting Michael's balls, might I add, again. Freddie carries Sarah to safety, leaving Michael to die in a burning garage. But That's how Michael Myers went down in this film. And Michael Myers, the same guy that silently stalked people in the first film. Yeah. This is where we where we're at in at this point. Mm-hmm. This is 2002. Later, Freddie and Sarah are interviewed by the local news, during which Sarah thanks Deckard for saving her life. They never meet. Uh, and Freddie tells them to show Sarah some respect before talking about how Michael Myers is a killer shark in baggy-ass overalls who kills everything he's come across. 
He's done dancing for the cameras. Freddie's done dancing for the cameras. Then the news reporter asks how he's feeling. He says, feel this, and punches the camera. Where the fuck? Just what? Yeah, which is so weird because he's aggressive with these journalists. Even though he was depicted throughout the whole film as the sleazy TV, well, internet guy who would do anything for ratings. Yeah. You know? Including play on real life murders. He's going on about all this psychology shit with Michael Myers, and then he's, you know, saying, oh, I'm I'm done dancing for the cameras. No one's forcing you to do this shit. You started your own show. It's, I just, um, there's no reason for Freddy to survive in no. the film. There was absolutely no reason whatsoever. No. Did they really think they were going to bring him back for a sequel? Exactly. Was it in Buster Rhymes' contract that he had to survive? Oh, God. Sarah tells the fireman she wants to see Michael's face, so he unzips the body bag at the top. And Freddy says, looking a little crispy there, Mikey. Like some chicken fried motherfucker. May you never ever rest in peace. Do you think all of Buster Rhymes' lines of dialogue were ad-libbed? No, I don't know. Which is the scary part. Yeah. Which means someone wrote this. Mm-hmm. That's the, that's the scary part. Somebody wrote this. And that's the last we see of those characters. Michael is presumed dead Thank and his God. body is taken to the morgue. However, as the coroner prepares to examine his body, Michael's eyes suddenly open. Great. And they genuinely thought they were going to get a sequel to that. Yeah. What a disaster. Really, really bad. Really bad. Like, everything you've heard about it, it I think it still doesn't even cover how bad it is. It's... It just goes against everything that a Halloween film was. Yeah. Or is, really. And it doesn't even work as a standalone post-Scream film. It's just it's just bad. It's just yeah. bad in every way. It's the real drags of... What you find with a lot of horror, particularly like slasher films, is that you get sort of a golden era that doesn't mm-hmm. particularly last that long yeah. before it's kind of overstayed its welcome. Mm-hmm. And this film very much. I mean, 2002, you're two years removed from Saw yeah. and um, Hostel, even mm-hmm. though I don't like Hostel, I mean, that's still a big deal. You know, you're two years removed from that, so you're definitely towards the end of your post-screen slasher films. And I I think Halloween, more than any of the other franchises, Mm -hmm. happens a lot. I mean, look at part six. Yeah. You know, that came out a year before Scream. Mm -hmm. You know, Scream was in very much a sort of answer to... The shite that mm-hmm. was coming out, including yep. part six. And I, I think you see something similar in the early 2000s. Mm-hmm. And obviously, it also includes all the remakes and remakes. Yes. Um, which is for another podcast episode. Next week. <laughs> so, on to our bonus. Yeah, it, it, Halloween Resurrection is fucking dog shit. I have yeah. nothing else to say about it other than the death scenes and Laurie Schrode at the beginning. It's fucking dire. Don't bother watching it. You're not missing anything at all. It's really not worth it. It, it genuinely isn't worth it. Watch the Buster Rhymes clips on YouTube. That's yeah. Basically, yeah. Mm-hmm. Best kill. I had Jen's decapitation because it was a big old camp decapitation with a butcher's knife. Yeah, I put Laurie's death because it actually meant something. Yes. 
That's um, the only reason. It's not particularly exciting. Nah. It just meant something. One good scare. I got Michael grabs Bill through the bathroom mirror. Yeah. It's yeah, just out of nowhere. It's, it's a decent scene. Mm-hmm. Most likable character is Laurie. And most unlikable character... Everyone else. All every other person in the film. Genuinely all of them. All of them. So that is... Our latest Michael Myers for the Years episode. If you're on social media, let us know what you think of H2O and Resurrection. We're Horror Court Trash over on Facebook and Instagram. Horror Court Trash on Twitter. I'm Gaz 92 on Letterboxd. Gazmo205 on Instagram and gascruz 92 on Twitter. I'm ChrisBarker823 on Letterboxd, Instagram and Twitter. Review and subscribe on iTunes like a follow and everything else. Next week, we'll be back. We were never Michael Myers through the years episode, the penultimate episode. Sick of this bitch's fucking face. Where we will be discussing. It changes every film. Rob Zombies, Halloween, one and two. Okay. I'd be lying if I said I was excited, but I'm sure it'll make for a fun episode because I think there's going to be a lot of ranting. You think? Uh, maybe. Oh, yeah. wow. Okay. I've seen the first one, I haven't seen the second one. I've heard very mixed things about the second one. You hate it. I do. Um, so, so we'll find out next week. Yes. <laughs> so, yes, we will see you same time, same place next week. Bye. Six friends were chosen to stay the night. We're in. In the house of the world's most notorious serial killer. Every time I let you two talk me into something, I live to regret it. But on July 12th, the broadcast is live. But the house... Scared? No. ...is his. Halloween Resurrection. Hello, Michael. I knew you'd come sooner or later. Rated R. In theaters everywhere Friday, July 12th.